Hello. Oh, hello. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to Rose Plate Special, the most dramatic, curveballiest, serious, talkingest, two bachelorette havingest recap podcast of The Bachelor ever. And they, Bachelor Nation, is determined to not let me have any time off. <laughs> nope, can't do it. They're just like, we're just going to pack this with everything we got and you're going to have to cover it all. And well, who needs a break? What, you're going back to school and you're in school right now and you're holding mm-hmm. down two jobs and recording a podcast and streaming three days a week. Fuck you, Sammy. Fuck you. That's what the universe and Bachelor Nation is saying to me. And I say- yep. Thank you. I will take it because you did a you did a good thing and you made good choices. And so I will happily watch these seasons that are coming up. But I am getting very ahead of myself. Sounds Uh, like a lady who needs to do more podcasting. Yeah, clearly I need to do more podcasting. But wow. Okay, so here's the deal. I barely took notes for the finale, but there were some things that surprised me. I mean, I knew he was going to pick Rachel. We all knew that. Oh, we could we tell knew. it. We could see it in his beard and in their social media posts. And, but I didn't necessarily expect things to go down the way they did. It was mostly a boring episode. Mm-hmm. But I have a couple notes and <laughs> I have a lot of LOLs and ha ha ha's for all the times that like he disappointed Rachel during the finale. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like, I was basically like, okay, I'm going to have a hard time watching Michelle go through this, knowing that he's going to dump her at some point. But I am actually glad they didn't get to the end end and that he did it before that. Yeah. That yeah, made me I, I feel good. Yeah. But then I was actually kind of surprised when he's like, yeah, I'm not going to have a final date with Rachel. I was like, oh, what? Like that was that kind of surprised me. I didn't expect that. And I also didn't expect him to say, I'm not ready to be engaged at the end of this. Because I kind of thought he was heading in that direction, even when he was talking to, you know, Bachelor Nation's very famous Neil Lane. I thought. Mm-hmm it was going in that direction. And then, and even Neil Lane was talking him out of it. Yeah. Which was it was kind of interesting. It was very interesting. Um, it's, it's weird because you watch something like this and I mean, most of the pieces fell into place the way that we expected them to, but there were some little wrinkles throughout that, that really genuinely surprised me. Um, I, I think the first one that popped out was, when uh when he, when he had the conversation with his mother cuz you got you got to have the mom combo right where it's just like oh I, I don't know you met both these great girls which ones are going to be mom that's not how Matt James talks but uh, I, the fact that she was just like well you know but whatever love fades and it's just be careful and that really freaked him out like yeah. more so than I ever, ex- it just completely shook him to his core to the point where he did not know how to handle his shit. So this was basically him where he had this nice date with Michelle. Uh, and then he had a conversation with his mother after Rachel met his mother. And then he just had a meltdown 
and until the end um and then that meltdown sort of rolled into a semi-happy ending that we knew was not so happy which made it very strange to watch and then we had one of the more interesting final hours of television that i have ever seen in my entire life i cannot think of a time where i've watched tv with more just dead air like dramatic dead air it was it was a night. I I was I was emotionally overwhelmed by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it was just I the the whole thing was a lot. And yeah, it's I a was lot. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't think that okay, so going back to the finale part first, like I didn't think that what his mom said was all yeah, it was like all that earth shattering because it's like, well yeah, that's just like the way life is right like you have to i i think the point that she was making is like you have to really like and trust the person that you're with because this feeling that you're having is going to be different it's going to change over time Mm -hmm. but not Mm -hmm. that that's a bad thing but you need to keep that in mind and also you need to understand that there's going to be a lot of things that change the way you feel over time and you got to be okay with it and you got to roll with that I, i think that's all that she was saying i didn't think it was anything I didn't think it was overly negative either. I think she was just being realistic. Yeah, she was being realistic. Because yeah. one, you're on a reality TV show, as we like to say here on Roseblade Special. So fucking curb your enthusiasm, temper your expectations. Things may not turn out the way you think they're going to. Aside from that, uh, she's she's right, and, and you're right, in saying that, you know, what love is at any given moment that continues to grow and evolve and it, and it feels different and it's not, it's not any worse necessarily. It's just different and you have to be ready for that. And then on top of all of that, when she says love isn't enough and, and that's, that's a serious thing to consider because is, is love enough if you love someone, but also they're kind of racist or they at least at the, at the very least do not understand the implications of going to an antebellum party and why that's wrong. Um, is your love enough? No, probably isn't. I wouldn't imagine. So important things to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yep. That's a good point. <laughs> oh my, we should do um, a podcast or something. Yeah. We're good we at should. talking about this yeah, stuff. Good points. But yeah, it's like, you know, I, I think him going is love enough and questioning that was, yeah, was kind of the turning point for him. Uh, and yeah, the whole date with Michelle was hard to watch because it's like, she's, she was so all in and she was so excited. Mm -hmm. And she also, she's got that, like, she's really excited about this guy, but she's still kind of like shy and guarded thing going on, you know, but it's like, you can tell she cares a lot and she really wanted it to work. And when she pulled out the jerseys, I was like, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) Like, why did you let her give you a gift? Why did you let her get to the point where she's got a Mrs. James jersey that she just showed you? And now you decide, like, it's like breaking up with someone after you exchange Valentine's Day presents. What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop stop doing that. It's Not like great. you're in cuffing season. You shouldn't be doing this. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that was really, that was just like really hard to watch. And, mm-hmm. but 
you know, and he's like, well, I could just tell you what you want to hear and that might be easier. And she was like, no, I want you to tell me how you're feeling. But you can also tell she's like hesitating when she say like, but I don't really want you to tell me <laughs> either because that means yeah. I'm done and that sucks. And like, you can see it kind of hit her in waves and um, mm-hmm. that was hard. And that, yeah, that just sucked to watch. And then to watch him come out of that, and be clearly shaken up and then go, well, I don't know just cause Rachel's left and, and, you know, and I said that I loved her, you know, pretty early. I still don't know if that's enough. I still don't know if mm-hmm. this is what should happen. And yeah, I thought it was pretty, cause has that ever happened where someone's canceled the last date with the only person who's left? I can't, I couldn't remember a time that that's, I don't know. I'd have to run some sort of algorithm, bachelor algorithm, figure that one out, but I not, not in recent memory. Yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. And then, so then she's spending her whole time being nervous. So then he kind of, you know, he does some soul searching. He gets to the end. I mean, there really isn't a lot to say about this episode, but she, she sees Matt at the end. She's got, she's ready to choose him and her chandelier earrings every day. If he lets her until her inappropriate Instagram posts come out. And then he tells her I'm not proposing. And that looked like a gut punch. And mm-hmm. I, but she seemed happy about the okay well but we're gonna i don't want to lose you whatever and then it was just like all right now we're going right into after the final rose and it was just like whoa what and like at least that's how it felt to me because i was watching it on hulu so it was like mm-hmm. it Whiplash. ended and literally a second later i was like you're in after the final rose and you know here's a new host we've got emmanuel Acho, which okay okay can we just talk can we just have like an emmanuel Acho appreciation moment real quick mm-hmm. um first of all Wow, uh, that suit and those muscles. That's all I just I was going to say. say that. Uh, me and him wow. look exactly the same in a three-piece suit. Who would have thought? <laughs> I was like, wow, he looks really good. Um, and the funny thing was, once Matt comes on, you can tell he's like, I can do that too. And you're like, not next to him. You can't. So, but yep, nice try. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you lose. Um, but I was Bursting like, out of a very expensive suit. I don't know. Yes. Really- he looked great. He looked great. He's got the turtle turtleneck and blazer thing going on, and he looked <laughs> fantastic. Um, and I think he made a really strong debut. Um, there are, well, I you know there are things that maybe I would have wanted him to go in on a little bit more, but I think he was just I, for his audience. I think he was just provocative enough and interesting enough. Um, I, th- I don't know. I think he did a really good job in general. We'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. it bit by bit. But I was really happy with the way the hosting went because it was like, God, I mean, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years and no one else has done this except for Chris Harrison. So that's yeah. intimidating. And to have someone come in from outside of Bachelor Nation to have a black host come in and do after the final rose to talk about. Um, very serious issues. That's all very uh, revolutionary for The Bachelor. This is all, you know, cutting mm-hmm. edge stuff for them. So I was interested to see how they were going to handle it. And I've, and I've never seen him host anything before, so I didn't really know what to expect. But I, I don't know. I think he was a really good host. Um, 
And mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I'll watch him say anything in a suit like that. So maybe <laughs> well done. Uh, so let's see, what kind of notes do I have? Um, yeah, I just, I, there's a lot of thank yous that I wrote in the notes. Uh, okay. So <laughs> just like, all right, what were you, how are you feeling about this? Uh, Michelle, I love her. She's such a treasure. Here was the thing that was interesting about this. Okay. Here's what happened to me. I woke up, I didn't get to watch it live but I watched it not too long after. But I, when I woke up, I got the news that, oh, this is what's happening. And this is who's, you know, these are the people who are hosting it. And here are the new, well, I knew about the new hosts, which we'll talk about in a minute too. But mm-hmm. um, I got the news, like, these are the new bachelorettes when I woke up. And I was like, well, great. <laughs> it's what I want. It's what I wanted, but uh, yeah. I'm a little upset that I didn't get to experience it, you know, as it was happening. But that's my fault for being stupid and having class. Ugh. Like, how dare you want to learn things, Sammy? You suck. So, <laughs> so that was. So that being said, I was really happy, but it was kind of an interesting viewing experience, knowing that Michelle was going to be one of the bachelorettes, and watching her tiptoe around certain things in her interview with Emmanuel was fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she was just like, cause you know, he was like, do you love him? And she was like, "Mm, mm, I care a lot. And like, I did love him, but like now, no. So yeah, I can't say yes. Cause then I can't be the next bachelorette. Okay. Okay. So we're just going (laughs) to sit here and play pretend for a minute. It's fine. And so I thought that was really great. And also she looked amazing. Oh Um, yeah. She looked great. And it was just kind of like, I don't know. I felt like she was wearing like a very slightly revenge outfit. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. No, it was great too, because like Matt had the, I'm going through some shit look with his giant beard and and sad (laughs) eyes. And she was just like, I've spent every waking moment since we stopped filming becoming the most beautiful woman alive. And I was like, good for you. That's yeah, great. I love this. Amaze balls. And like that dress mm-hmm. was perfect. And like the slit and like very, very cool, very put together. She looked gorgeous. And I was just like, <laughs> uh, sucks to be you, Matt. Um, so so that was, that was good. Like, and they had like a nice talk and, and I actually, I don't know. Yeah. She was, she was totally in that. I've moved on kind of vibe when she was talking Mm -hmm. to him and she was just like, um, well, you know, what I hope for you is that you kiss with your eyes closed and that you find other things to say than, uh, thank you for sharing that with me and stuff. That was was nice. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, and I was, and she just like gives him a little pat on the leg, and I was like, "Wow, all right, uh, onwards and upwards for Michelle. Good for her. Like, she just, yeah." So I thought that that was really good, even though that was kind of a shorter segment. Um, it was nice mm-hmm. to see, and I'm also glad that she got a chance to say, "Hey, when I when all of this stuff started coming out, I'm glad that he gave her a platform to say." Like, yeah, this hurt me and this was hard for me to to watch all the stuff with Rachel coming out and everything. Um, and I think it's, I mean, the thing that sucks is that I know that there's 
no matter what happens, there's always going to be this big swath of bachelor viewership that doesn't get it. No matter mm-hmm. how much you, I, the thing, the difficulty that I had with this, with after the final rose was, yeah, this stuff's important. You should know this stuff already, first of all, but it's important. Mm-hmm. And is anybody who really needs to hear this stuff, are they actually going to listen and change their minds or are they just going to get defensive and be like, well, now I can't even watch The Bachelor. They're canceling my good time. You know, <laughs> that's the thing that I worry about with with stuff like this. Um, but I also want to say, like, say that I'm happy that they're starting to talk about this stuff in a way that doesn't just feel like Saturday afternoon special kind of thing, you know, where it was, where it used to be like, let's just trot out every contestant of color we've had, put them on stage in a spotlight and read all the hate tweets that they've gotten. And it's like, great, cool way to resurface their trauma. What the fuck are you doing? You know? So I'm glad that they didn't do that this time, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I'm, I'm torn because I, I have to constantly think of who the audience for this is. Right. And, and that's important because at the end of the day, this is, this is the best they've ever done dealing with, you know, whatever finger quotes, race stuff. We're just going to put it in this broad category, uh, which is really 20 years of fucking up. And this really was, this After the Final Rose was the best they've ever handled it. And they got to some really interesting points that I think a lot of people who watch The Bachelor probably don't think about. But at the same time, it did feel kind of kid gloves-y at times. And and rightfully so, because again, audience. So, you know, when, when they're saying things like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, trying to make a make sure that i'm pointing out the difference between being racially ignorant and racially insensitive and racist just kind of like splitting these different hairs and you know not not apologizing for what rachel did but sort of making making her road to confronting these things and atoning for it much much smoother much smoother and yeah, yeah, that 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 made it difficult. But on the other hand, on the other hand, even though Rachel, I think she came out of this like not looking like a total asshole. So it, good job, Bachelor. You got what you wanted. The producers got what they wanted. I, I, I do think that the most powerful thing for me was, I mean, there's all these moments where the the. Matt's getting asked these questions and he just doesn't have a response. He's just sort of like emotionally overwhelmed because he still has strong feelings for Rachel, but he knows that he can't be with her. And he says that, you know, part of part of her process of getting better and and learning things and becoming a better person is putting in the work and educating herself and and everything that comes with that. And he can't be a part of that because it's just sort of then she has the opportunity to sort of like lean on to him for that. And for him to say, you know, not only does she have to do that on her own, but also the reason why he knows that she can't, he can't be with her and he doesn't seem to see a path forward for them is because obviously she doesn't know what it's like to be a black man in America. Neither do I, neither do you. However, the difference between you and me and Rachel 
is we're not fucking morons. <laughs> like we don't know what it's like to be a black man. But you know, we we know just a little bit more than she does that puts us over the not doing dumb racist shit. Hump. Right. Okay. And she's yeah. not there. And and he he said this this one thing that really stuck with me. And I think this is why he will not get back with her. And I should ne- never say never, but in my mind, he won't. I hope he, he said doesn't. that when he had a conversation with her about this stuff, you know, once, once they, once he finally realized these aren't just rumors, this is like real shit. And she didn't understand why it was wrong. Like she had no concept of why it was bad. And at that point, it's like, you have so much work to do so much, so much. And, you know, you you can make excuses all day and you weren't exposed to things and you didn't know and no one ever told you different. Fine, 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 fine. But if you're going to date a black guy in America in 2020, it's like, what are you going to tell your fucking children? Where have you been? Have you just had your head in the sand like an ostrich for the last year? Good God. Like, how could you not just deal with any of this stuff or have these conversations with this guy? So. It's not going to happen. They're not getting back together. I'm no. not going to allow it. Okay. Okay. Well, let's. I just like went it. off there. I'm sorry. You sure <laughs> did. You sure did. I just let you go. Um, but no, I, yeah, I totally agree with you on all that stuff. I mean, it's just, well, and uh, you know, when people talk about like, oh, well, 2020 was a big awakening. It's like, well, that shouldn't have been your first encounter with this material. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have been the first time that you talked about it or thought about it or were mindful of it or whatever. This is a sure. conversation I've had with like a lot of my friends where we're like, where have you been? Where have you been? Like uh, this has yeah. been going on forever. And it's, it's like, a, it's you know, been it's in front better- of your face. Now it's just like literally punching you in the face. It's yeah, impossible yeah. to not notice. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, it's like better late than never. I get that, whatever. But at the same time, like, yeah, you don't get like rewarded for that. And you should be prepared to be criticized for that. And it's like at any point when you show up and you start talking about it and engaging with it, you should be able to answer for that and say, well, yeah, like this is why, or, you know, like, and, and really the only answer why is just like, I was ignorant. There's like no other answer for it. Or just like, yeah. I was, you know, I was inadequately exposed. And, and I actually really like, I'm gonna, one of the things that Emmanuel Acho said, let me find it. Um, prejudice is a willful commitment to ignorance. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like that. I think that was kind of one of the, I feel like hardest hitting things that he he had said, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, if you're like, and I'm, and I'm glad that Rachel owned up to the fact she's like, I could have easily found this stuff out. I could have easily asked these questions. I could have easily Googled and I didn't. And mm-hmm. that's on me. And I like that she didn't blame her upbringing and that she didn't blame her family, although she probably could have, you know, but, oh, she, easily. <laughs> but she was like, I mean, look at her Trump supporting family, but she, I know she's got but, like a full, I grew up racist bingo card. She could, <laughs> yeah, but she, but she didn't even do that. Cause I'm sure no. her publicist was like, don't, um, don't do that, but, yeah. but she said, you know, 
I could eat, I could do that, but I'm not going to go down that road because it's on me. And I think that that's totally fair. You know, she's like, it's Mm -hmm. on me and I should have done this stuff. And I didn't, I think the thing that's hard is I've seen so many of these apologies in the past year and it means literally nothing to me until stuff happens. You know, you just got to wait, like Matt was saying, you know, and, and I, and you and I aren't going to be the people who will be like, well, check, she's done enough. We're not going to be those people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and Matt said, like, I'm looking forward to her doing the work and I will watch her do it, (laughs) you know? And so she can just go do that stuff now. And that's, you know, it's like, you can't jump to one conclusion or another with her right now. You just kind of have to wait and see. And, and it's, yeah, I mean, one of the things that he had said, besides like I, he said something like, I realized I wasn't going to be of any help to her in this situation. That to me sounds like she's got, cause I, I mean, okay, let's put it this way and, and not to like throw like my person into this, but like there's, there's things that because of school, because of conversations I've had, because of friends I've had, because of experiences I've had, there are things that I'm more aware of than, than Tuck's been aware of. And mm-hmm. I, but it's not like he's so far away from where I am that there's no yeah. get, you know what I mean? It's like, I remember when we first started dating, there were certain things that he would say. And I'd be like, well, why do you say that? And I knew it wasn't like with ill intent or anything. And he's like, and and, and the difference is he went, you know what? That is kind of fucked up. I shouldn't say that thing. Or, oh, I didn't realize that this had that history. Um, yeah. Like what I brought up on the show last week, you know, those are the oh, kinds yeah, of Oh yeah, with the cakewalk. I yes. didn't even know that fucked yes. me up. <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my friends, um, I didn't know that about Peanut Gallery like a while back, or I That's knew a thing and too? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus. Yep. Yeah, and so, I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> so see, there you go. So it's it was like a lot of stuff like that where I was like, oh, actually, you know, did you know? And then he's like, I did not know. I will not be saying that anymore. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's mm-hmm. all, that's all you need to do, right? Like you, you learn something new and you change your behavior as a, not, that's not all you need to do, but that's part of it, right? Like you learn mm-hmm. something new, you change your behavior and moving forward, you're not going to say that thing or do that thing or think that way, or you're going to, um, interrupt that thought pattern and go, why do I think that way? So because, uh, he has to live with me. Uh, we have these conversations almost every day, <laughs> you know, yeah, and he's yeah. like, that's just what happens when I, when you live with someone like Sammy, you know, it's like, yep, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, but, but that's, you know, it's like, but we talk about how it's our responsibility to be having these conversations to say, to, to interrupt the, the things that are comfortable to, to engage in things that are uncomfortable because, Uh, There are a lot of people in our lives and in our community who do the opposite. They're constantly uncomfortable and can never be comfortable. And as white people, we feel like we have a right to comfort that we shouldn't have. And so, you know, my point is he wasn't like all the way on the other side of the field or anything. He was like pretty close next to me. And over the past few years, I've kind of brought him a little bit closer and and the two of us now engage in things that when we first started dating, I don't think we would have been talking, we wouldn't have been talking about. And so, yeah. 
people are capable of like growing and expanding and learning new things. And, and it's, and, and I thought when I started dating him, I was like, I feel like he gets it. Like he, Mm -hmm. he's reasonable. He's open-minded. He's not one of those people who's like, who, who digs in his heels when his life views are challenged. Um, sure. So I was like, this is someone I can have a conversation with. And there's things that in the last three years that I've learned and my life view has changed. And I, you know, and so it's equal, it's, you know, equal growth in different ways. And mm-hmm. when I heard him say, like, I don't think, I don't remember the exact wording, but he had said, oh yeah, he said something like he can't help in the situation. And instead he's going to step back. That to me was like, oh yeah, it's not like she's almost there and he can help kind of like bring her over some line or something. It's like, she's Mm -hmm. way over that way. And it sounds like in the past few months, she's learned some talking points and she's read some things and she's watched some things, but that's still a really long way to go and a lot to unlearn. And it sounds like he just doesn't have the time to wait for that. And he shouldn't. So I know it's like, just cause you listen to a couple of podcasts and, (laughs) <laughs> you read the new Jim Crow or something like right. that doesn't completely change who you are. And, and she even acknowledged that. I mean, yes. she was just like, yeah. you know, I can tell you all the things I've read in the podcast I've listened to. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure she's been doing shit. Cause she seems to be trying, which is good, which is good. She, she does uh, seem she's to like, be trying. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, that's all you can ask, honestly, like, thank God she's actually fucking doing something because I, I, I think she could be a great example, but like my ultimate goal, this is what I want. I want her to keep doing shit, okay? Become a better person. Let me forget about you. And then I just want to like randomly at some point like just just catch a glimpse of Rachel Kirkconnell at like a fucking protest or something and just be like, yeah, okay, you're back in. Come on in. You're fine. <laughs> I just, But just like don't I, – I hope she doesn't use her – learning process to like increase her personal brand visibility. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she, that's the thing. Um, okay. So uh, this reminded me a lot of, I'm going to bring in Bravo. This reminded me a lot of Stasi Schroeder's stuff. Her. Oh, the Stasinator. <laughs> yeah. Did, I mean, did you hear about all that stuff this summer? Yeah, she said a bunch of horrible shit. Um, I was actually she was she was coming to Milwaukee for like a book tour, and I was supposed to bartend the show, but uh, got canceled. So I missed my my big chance to say, "Hey, Stasi, you're racist." Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, so she. So here's the thing. I mean, this was another. I I feel like her shit was even more egregious, to be honest. At least documentably mm-hmm. egregious. I don't know what Rachel did, you know, in her free time or whatever, but. Um, yeah, like there was, she said some really terrible shit on her podcast about like the Oscars and like just some really racist shit about that. Just kind of being like, well, I don't understand like why it's such a problem that all the white people win awards, you know, or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, and she's, <laughs> she's like, like, I hit the publish button. This is great. 
yeah. And she's like, I mean, she did like a Nazi chic thing once. And like, she's just done some, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh um, my God, Stasi. She, she's done, well, look at her name. And she's done some terrible yeah. stuff. And she also, so like, but the big thing that, that came to a head this last summer was she and Kristen had like gone in together to like, there was somebody who had like robbed someplace or something like that. And they started spreading the rumor that it was faith who was on Vanderpump rules for like a couple seasons. And she was like one Mm -hmm. of the only black servers on the show and it didn't look anything like her. Plus there were like, there were like tattoos and stuff that would have like identified her or were on the woman or what. I can't remember what way it was, but it was like, there were clear markers that showed that it was, this was a very different person. And Mm -hmm. So, uh, very, very fairly, they got taken off Vanderpump rules. And then like a few months later, Stassi started going on her like apology tour. And it was also like one of those, it was kind of like the Leah Michelle thing where it was like, she was also using her pregnancy a little bit as like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be nice to me. Cause I'm pregnant type of, a, uh, I got a the, baby. <laughs> the Leah Mich- Michelle stuff was really fucked up too. Just like, she was a monster to me, you know, on Glee or whatever. But but she she came on now I'm trying to remember I think it was Tamron Hall. Yeah. I think she was on Tamron Hall's show and and it it her apology and her speech sounded really similar to Rachel's. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where it's like of course what I would love to see is like a changed mind and changed behavior and like Stasi was working with like some you know coach or something like that who was giving her stuff to read and do and whatever and like if that isn't white privilege i don't know what (laughs) is but um i have a sensitivity couch (laughs) it's just so weird but but yeah so she you know she's just kind of like look at i've learned and grown and whatever but here's the thing that's really bugging me like yeah i would love for her to disappear off the face of the planet for a couple years but has she done Mm -hmm. that No, instead, she's starting a podcast about having a baby because literally no one else in the world has had a baby. And I'm just like, we don't need it. I don't want it. I'm not interested. (laughs) Like, please go away. Please stop. And and that's only been like, you know, seven, eight, maybe nine months since she had given that Tamron Hall interview. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's just like, not enough time to really do anything and that to me just shows that you haven't like learned shit that you just want people to get over it and i haven't heard i i don't really actively seek her shit out because that's another you know i don't want to give her attention and i don't want to give her sure. money so like i'm not sure. seeking her out. but the fact that the only things that i've heard about her lately are oh she's starting yet another podcast and here's the things that she's doing instead of oh she's donating money to this that or the other thing or oh yeah she just like disappeared for a few months or and you know anything else is i mm-hmm. think pretty telling and is is disappointing to me so that's the only thing and, and i hate to be cynical but that's the only thing is it's like I just worry that Rachel's been coached really well with the things to say, although it did sound genuine to be fair. Like I thought she sounded genuine. Um, And she also looked pretty upset 
And sh- and mm-hmm. I will give her credit as well that she didn't cry until she was talking about relationship stuff. And I've, I noticed that, that cause, and I liked that she said, I'm not going to be a victim up here. And I think she did a good job of not centering herself um, and not like overly like flogging herself or anything like that. Um, she just said, I was ignorant. I could have Googled this. I didn't. I fucked up. And I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get to a good place, you know? And I, mm-hmm. and I, I could tell she, the thing she was most upset about was that that fucked up her relationship to such a degree. And, and you can tell she was one of those all lives matter. I don't see color. Oh people yeah. Before exactly. the show. And, and that she's had to like, um, interrupt that type of thinking uh, has been pretty jarring for her. But I, I mm-hmm. feel like she has gotten somewhere just from her reaction. But I always worry because, I mean, I'm just put, I'm just saying a longer version of what you said, basically, and pulling in someone else as an example. I just don't want it to be like a Stasi situation where she just pops up later and it hasn't even been a year and she's selling me something. I'm not interested yeah. in that. And I will be really upset if that happens, but I'm sure <laughs> yeah. Rachel Lindsay will talk about it. So she won't get away with it. But anyway, no, yeah. Rachel um, Lindsay won't let her get away with it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's good. So you got, you got people like that keeping her in check, which is good. And it sounds like Matt is also interested and boy, is she, I mean, what a privilege as well to have people check you. Um, that's a mm-hmm. gift. So she should be thanking them for those gifts that she's being given. My favorite part of her conversation with Emmanuel was when he described, when he defined what antebellum was. He's just like, you know, that's before the war, you know, that one. Yeah. The civil war, that one. You know, the slavey one. I was like, dude, and he's like, and he's like, this is for everybody in the audience who's too dumb to know this, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's true. I, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and, you know, Google is real and, and I do appreciate, here's the things that are good, the the good things that came out of it that I, as a white person can say, that's a good thing that happened. And I'm glad that happened is that, is that seeing someone like Rachel say, just saying this is normal where I came from doesn't make it okay is mm-hmm. a very powerful thing to say. And I'm going to give her credit for saying that even if she's just a conduit or a vehicle to whoever wanted her to say that because she needed to say that. The thing that true. Y- yeah. y- you had touched on before is that Emmanuel gave way too many softballs, but I under, this was, I mean, he was what, what a thing to walk into, right? I know, right? So like, we have is- a giant shit show. We need you, uh, black man, to save the day. And he's just like, okay. Yeah, like that, it, you can't win. You can't win. There's nothing he could have done that would have made mm-hmm. everybody happy. He walked into a literally impossible situation and I think yep. did the best job that he could have done given what he had at his disposal. So I'm not blaming him. And I'm not mm-hmm. criticizing anything he's saying. And I just want to be really clear about that because there was no way he could have made everybody happy. And I'm going to want to see way more hard hitting stuff than 
the producers of The Bachelor are going to want to see. And we all know that. And so, yeah, like you said before, when he was like, you notice that I'm being very intentional and I'm saying (laughs) racially insensitive, which causes racism instead of racist. And I'm like, ugh, like, I don't care about catering to Rachel's Fine, we get it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, stop. But I also know why they're... Yeah, it was framed framed for, like, middle-aged, middle-class white people. And that's who this is for. (laughs) And that's pretty much it. Like... It was like... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's it's frustrating because it's like, come on! But it's just like... I don't know. You you want a little bit more, but also you understand that you can't overwhelm the audience. You know, you you can't you can't drown them in this stuff because I, I think it, it would be easy for this audience if you give them more than a spoonful of of this, they're going to be like, oh no, I don't know what to do. So it, it was fine. Yeah. Like I I understand why the kids' gloves are on, even if I was a little disappointed. It was, but it was a lot again to bring it back to that Stasi bullshit. One of the things that they kept saying, and this drove me nuts this summer, was they kept saying racial instead of racist. Like it was mm. different. It was really weird. And like, and that to me, like, was just this wasn't even covert racism. It was overt racism that you see a black woman on like a like a security camera and you decide, oh, we're going to blame it on the one black woman who's on the show. Like that to me is just straight up racist. There's nothing, yeah. there's no nuance about that. There's no, well, maybe it's up for interpretation. Like, no, it was so fucked up. And, but they kept saying every time, like, and then and they were reporting it this way too which was really mm-hmm. just driving me up the wall when they were just like well it was a racial incident and i was like what the fuck does, what does that, that even mean? mean racial incident like stop beating around the bush and just say what it was it was racist okay and that doesn't mean that you're a bad person 100% of the time 24/7 but you need to identify the bad things that you were doing and i think um God, uh, wait, now I'm trying to remember. Wait, what was I? Oh, um, so there's somebody I've been watching a lot of. I was like, I watched this video and who was it? Who said it? Uh, There's this person on YouTube. Her name's Khadijah. I'm going to make a note right now to put this in the episode notes and and maybe the most recent episode as well. Um, But she's she kind of she's like a amazing media studies person. She talked, Mm -hmm. she did a whole episode. I feel like I might've talked about her last week too, because I've been like obsessed with her videos and watching like all of them, but she did one episode on like Instagram face. Like why does everybody on Instagram have the same face? Um, Which is really interesting. She talked about like colorism on um, uh, Bridgerton and like uh, uh, colorblind casting versus color conscious casting. She she just has like really um oh and I I had just watched a whole video she did on like the Harry and Meghan interview. So mm-hmm. she, and kind of the history of the royal family as well and she made some parallels between like the Diana interview and and the way people are perceived where it was really interesting. But she had said something to the degree of 
the more you just, and I, I'm going to butcher this, which is why I want to include the video that she said it in. Uh, but she said something to the, to the degree of the more you just like make yourself aware. Oh, she was talking about like anti-Asian violence and sentiment and things that have been going on and, and have been like a hot topic lately as well. And she said, as, as soon as you make yourself aware of these things and like you bring it out to the forefront and you just like talk about it and you state it and you just go, mm-hmm. here are the things that I need to work on here. Here are my, you know, problem areas or whatever that I need to, that I need to unearth in myself and understand like why I feel this way. And she focuses mostly on anti-blackness, but she, you know, she talks about other topics as well. And she's like, and me included, you know, she's like, I'm not excluded from this. There are certain sentiments that I have that are, you know, problematic. And, and I, she's like, the more you name them, the more you bring them out, the more you talk about them being an issue, the easier it is for all of us as a collective to get to the other side of it. But we all have to mm-hmm. be doing that work. We all have to be doing that individual work. And that was something that I thought was just a really like, you know, it's like light is the greatest disinfectant or whatever. You know, it's like um, if you bring something out in the open, it's going to we, we're just going to get one step closer. So that's that's one thing that I hope from some of the conversations that were on after the final rose, like to see. And this is stuff people should know, but a lot of people don't know. Uh, but Matt and Emmanuel having the conversation of making sure that as black men, their blackness was like, you know, comfortable to people. Yeah. And that, you know, they're like, well, we just want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and we're navigating this world. And that's just kind of something that we do naturally. I was and like, that's kind of another Oof. kids glove thing, too, because they said that. And I'm like, ooh, talk more. And then they don't really interrogate it further. But I'm like, I just want a conversation between the two of you where you talk about that, because that's some real shit that these people need to listen to. <laughs> Right. Well, and the thing, the thing that they didn't say was, and it's the white people who make us have to do that. Yep. <laughs> that was exactly. like the thing that went unsaid. And I was exactly. like, I was like, like you're missing the big thing, but at least you're talking about the thing, you know, yeah. and, and that I appreciate it. And then, so that was, I thought a very powerful thing to say. And yeah, I would have liked to hear them talk about it more, but the fact that they even brought it up at all on the show was big so i'm just trying to go okay well that's progress we're getting there mm-hmm. like in i don't, don't want to be too harsh we'll get somewhere else uh but one thing i really liked or not liked i thought this sucked but i thought it was funny was that when when he said that he loved rachel's authenticity and i was like how can you <laughs> say that i know i was cracking up at that that was my I was favorite like, line her of the authenticity night. i was like she hid so much from you and you're like but i still think she was authentic i was like you're, uh, I mean, you are going through some stuff, Matt. It's okay, though. It's fine. It, you'll be okay on the other side of this. Some, Listen, when Rachel somewhere- said the South will rise again, she was she was being truthful and authentic, and I appreciate that about her. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was. I thought she was making a dick joke, but she wasn't. So, um, that's there unfortunate. Um, but anyway, uh, so so that was that was weird. Um, and. And the one thing I didn't like that Emmanuel had asked Matt was, he was like, can't she grow and change? Is it callous? 
to think she can't grow and change. And I was like, this is like devil's advocate shit that I don't like, but I, I was a little yeah. worried about that, but I think Matt answered it really well. Cause it's like, Matt didn't give her a pass and he was, and he was nice. He was nicer than he needed to be. Cause he's like, well, these feelings don't go away overnight. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think she's irredeemable, but I also can't wait for her to change. So I just got to step back and like, let this happen and yeah. she can do it on her own. Um, but I got a little nervous when he asked that question, like, can't she grow and change? I mean, are you, cause like, that's the shit that I keep hearing and I'm getting really sick of people being like, well, can't people make mistakes? Can't people, can't people change and grow, you know? And I'm like, well, that's no shit. That's not what we're talking about right now. Yeah, that's just obviously a distraction. That's just a distraction. The point is I'm allowed to be critical about something that somebody does that I don't like. It doesn't matter what it is. I can I can criticize it and say, I don't like that. No. And I don't want to give that person my money because I don't like that thing that they did. Um, yeah. I, I, they're creating like straw man hypotheticals. Like, of, of course, you, people fuck up all the time and then, you know, you forgive them and it's it's fine. It's fine. But you still hold them accountable. And that doesn't mean that it's like, okay, let's say Rachel gets her shit together and she stops being dumb. Well, great. But also there's no like strict timeline on that or no guarantee that she will. So why should Matt have to wait around for the racist lady to not be racist anymore? It's just it's ridiculous, you know? Yes. Yeah, that's that's the point I'm kind of getting at. And also, yeah, it's like she. Okay, so she isn't in the I'm going to use um, I'm going to use a good place analogy. (laughs) She isn't in the bad place, but. She isn't in the good place either. But right now, she's more in the bad place than the good place. But she has enough time to get to the medium place. Okay? She Mm -hmm. could be a Mindy St. Clair. So... So she could definitely she could definitely get to the medium place. I don't know if she's ever going to get to the good place because it's really hard to get to the good place in the good place. But she could definitely get to the medium place. So she should just make that girl. Like like Cincinnati. Um, So... (laughs) So anybody who hasn't seen The Good Place, I apologize for that reference. That is confusing to you. Uh, but at least I hope I don't have to explain antebellum to you. So we're making progress. But yeah, he's he was being a lot nicer. Like he kind of, he, he threw Rachel a lot of softballs. He kind of walked her into some answers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a good host, right? Like the, here's the thing that's tricky. A good host is supposed to make people feel comfortable and make them feel like they can share and open up, right? And be vulnerable, but not feel like they're in danger. That's just any, like if you're a good host in general of a a talk show or whatever, you're trying to make that other person feel comfortable enough to share vulnerable things with you. And that's the thing that makes this conversation and this dynamic weird because, then that does just kind of inevitably cater to white fragility. And, but that's a conversation. If we're still, if we're explaining to the audience what antebellum means, we're not Mm -hmm. ready to talk about white fragility. Okay. We're really far away from that. So that sucks. (laughs) Like we just can't, we're not there. Um, And that's all I really that's all I really had on here outside of the one thing that kind of caught me off guard 
is that if I don't know, if I was in Rachel's case, I like her spot, I probably wouldn't come on in like borderline potentially appropriative attire um, with like hoop earrings and long nails and things like that. Um, that's all I would say. Oh, I didn't notice saying, that. I I'm like the saying, red dress. Yes, I thought the dress was good. And I'm not saying that those things on their own are bad. I think that there's a lot of nuance and like style and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, I, I think I will share like the Instagram face one and like maybe the Kardashian video. Like um, there there are a lot of people who look like Rachel who um, like the whole idea of the Instagram face. One of the things that you'll see if you watch the video is that she talks about how it's mm-hmm. the Instagram face is a white face with racially ambiguous features and trappings. And, oh. and that's what makes it, you know, appealing and desirable because it's on a white face. And if it wasn't on a white face, it wouldn't be seen as attractive. Right. Like um, I think, mm-hmm. Oh, there's another video I'm going to share that I was thinking about with like Matt's brother. Cause I think Matt's brother had grills. I couldn't tell. Um, but it kind of looked like he had grills, but he didn't open his mouth wide enough to, did you notice that? I don't know. I thought he did, but I couldn't fully tell. Um, but that was, I did not notice it. But now I'm interested. <laughs> well, but so that's like a whole other thing. Um, there's this, I'm going to share another video with you all in the in the episode notes from from according to Weez and she did one cuz she's gotten like a few sets of grills and she goes into this very long history. I mean it's like a 30 or 45 minute video about how grills originated, where they came from, what how they used to be denoted and kind of like like the class and race implications of it in the past and now because like it started in I'm trying to remember somewhere in like Europe in some ancient culture Mm -hmm. and then it was also really popular in like Egypt and then there were like boxers who started wearing them and then they started getting more affiliated with like black culture and then they went from being something that like rich people did rich white people did to like rich white people looking down on them um Really interesting. Anyway, so that a lot of that sprung to mind when I saw because I just saw like flashes of his like he really he really didn't talk that much with his mouth open. <laughs> he like barely moved his mouth when he talked. And I was like, are those? Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, I think this would be really interesting because that's like another thing that I don't think a lot of I mean, it's a lot of history that I didn't know about until recently. And um and I don't think it's the history that anyone watching The Bachelor or most people watching The Bachelor, I should say, would would know about either. And there's just all there's my point is there's so many like little things along the way. There's just so much more that needs to be talked about and learned and changed and whatever. And it's it's weird to see somebody with like kind of like, yeah, like Kardashian level <laughs> styles that they appropriated a lot from black culture and, you know, and BIPOC culture and stuff. And like when you're talking about like being insensitive, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, that was just, it was just kind of, I I didn't, 
think necessarily any of that stuff. Like I'm not going to be the person who's going to say that's right or that's wrong or anything. Cause it's not my culture. Sure. It's not my, my thing, but I was just like, that's kind of interesting. And that's a whole other thing to talk about and, and, and go on. But there's like this mm-hmm. whole Instagram culture, TikTok culture. A lot of the conversation around that stuff is like, the co-opting of especially like black culture by white people and then popularized by white people. And then they're Mm -hmm. the ones who get credited for like viral videos or like these photos with the style and whatever. And, and, and that's like a rampant problem. And knowing that Rachel is very into Instagram, it just made me think about that stuff too. So anyway, um, I'll share those resources at the end for anyone who's interested in that kind of stuff. Fantastic. Um, but the the very last uh, exciting thing and surprise that happened was what I wanted happened. And that never happens on the show. <laughs> exactly what I wanted to happen happened. And I was like, whoa, what? I, I get to have Michelle and Katie as Bachelorette. You get it and all. Tasha and mm-hmm. Caitlin are hosting. Mm-hmm. Like, thank this you. Is- all of your dreams are coming to you. Obviously, the producers listen to our show, right? Clearly, like clearly. So, hi, producers. Thank you for listening and understanding exactly who our favorites are and giving them to us on a silver platter. I'm just so thrilled. I want a so, John Paul Jones spinoff show. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, that's the next thing we should really be be uh, lobbying for. It. for John Paul Jones spinoff show. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be fun. Keeping up with the John Paul Joneses. Love it. Love yeah. it. See, Thank we got you. the name. There's the pitch. Good to go. Yep. So uh, if anybody, we've said it here first, if anybody sees this, this is uh March 16th, 2021. If anybody um, <laughs> has this come out later, then uh, they stole our idea and we deserve money. Okay. So, exactly. Uh, I've already been speaking to our lawyers. So <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a hit. So yeah. So when's the next, so Katie's filming like now or about just about now, a little after I now. Think, I think so. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get hit with her season pretty quick. That'll be interesting. And then it sounds like, so hers will probably start in what, May, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, I think so. so. That's that's like a pretty quick turnaround. And then and then it sounds like Michelle's going to be filming in like the summer or fall. And then that'll be coming out like this fall, like in November or something like that or earlier. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm just, I just know that I don't get to have a break. No, nope, no breaks. Fine, because luckily you picked the two women I liked the most. And here was the biggest lie that they told on the show besides besides Rachel is authentic. And that was Matt had a group of incredible women. And I'm like, no, he did uh, not. I don't know. Yeah. He had a few women who were good and most of them sucked. But yes, Katie and Michelle were two of the best. For sure. There was no question mm-hmm. about that. So that was kind of the easy part. But and then I might have when they came on the show and they looked so excited and they were like smiley at each other and they both looked incredible. And they're just like so excited to be there. Like maybe I teared up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just like, oh. you deserve it. You deserve it. And I love you. And like Katie's just like looking stunning. And she was oh, just Katie, like, great. 
She looked amazeballs. And she was, I know I used that for Michelle, but they both looked amazeballs. And she was just like, you know, I'm in like that stage of my life where I just like really like where I'm at and what's going on. And it's it's like time. And I'm like, I believe it. And I want that for you, Katie. I want that for you. I love you. So, and I think it'll be cool to see. Yeah. I hope they, they form a really strong friendship, friendship and bond over this. I mean, Mm -hmm. Katie was like basically the only woman who was defending all of the women who came in later so that already aligns her well with Michelle. But Michelle was very well-liked, even despite coming in late. It, it seemed like everybody just really loved her. So yeah. it's just a cool, yeah, it's just a cool couple of women. And I'm excited to see. I feel like Tasha and Caitlin will have a good dynamic together. And they'll kind of, they're like good for shenanigans. So I want to see them actually like do some fun shenanigans. Yeah, I think I think it'll be entertaining. I think both those seasons are going to be great. And then I, I get, are they just going to pump the brakes on Paradise and Winter Games and all that other stuff and just focus on these two Bachelorette seasons? Is that the plan? That's what it seems like. But here's the thing that's also weird. Like, so Tasha and Caitlin are are set for Katie season. They're co-hosting mm-hmm. Katie season. But they didn't say that they were doing Michelle's season. Yeah. So, so, what so does they're that mean? still they're still taking it one one season at a time uh, with delivering the Chris Harrison isn't going to be around thing. Mm. So I don't know why they're dragging their feet on that. It's like just have him be gone. Just have him be yeah. gone completely. Uh, at this point, I just don't think he's relevant and. There's just so many more. I mean, you just proved it. Like Emmanuel Acho, I think, did a really good job hosting. He had a huge responsibility on his shoulders with the show. Oh, yeah. And I think he handled it as well as he possibly could have. And so for that, you know, I thank him. And now you're showing that, yeah, we can bring back very well-liked Bachelor Nation favorites who have good personalities to host the show Mm. and it's going to be fun and people are going to get excited about it. So why dick around with the old dude who's out of touch and just kept saying fucking, what did he say? PC police or what did he say? The PC police. Yeah. And and the thing about Chris uh, Harrison that you need to remember is his, the only thing he adds to the show is that he's always been on the show, which is not really an addition in any way, shape or form. You didn't know how bad he was until he left, and you realize basically anything else is better. You don't need Chris Harrison in your, li- in your life. Sorry. Just don't. That's the thing. Like, we could we could have a rotating cast of Bachelor Nation favorites host the show, and it would be much better than Chris Harrison. Like, mm-hmm. we could have Wells host a season. You know, if Rachel Lindsay ever decided that she wanted to have something to do with the show, she would make a fantastic host. You know, we could have, like, fuck, have Kenny come back and host something. That would be fun. Um, yeah, there's so, literally there's, anyone. <laughs> there's so many good people that we enjoyed on the show who have a good presence and are and have hosted other things or have performance experience. They they have acting experience. 
uh, hello, let them do the thing that they're good at. You know, Carly, mm-hmm. um, uh, Carly's going to be lonely and, and, uh, have some free time. And so let's get Carly on, let's get her hosting. Like there's so many good people that I enjoy watching and I think would do a good job. And yeah, it's just like, um, sticking on to the old, well, to, to, you know, to kind of paraphrase what Rachel was saying, just because you've always done things this way, this is the way we've done things, doesn't mean it's like a good way to do things. Mm -hmm. So let's just get rid of that idea entirely and do something new. And that's, and it's okay. And maybe, maybe somebody who we were okay with here, let's put it in Chris Harrison's words. Well, you know, <laughs> with a 2001 mind, um, that's pretty different from a 2021 mind, right? Like from f- however the fuck he put that from a viewpoint of 2001, maybe his dumb bullshit was acceptable. But now that we know better in 2021, we're not going to put up with his bullshit anymore. So thank you, Chris Harrison, for explaining why you shouldn't be given your job anymore um you did it perfectly and (laughs) sorry man you got that jenko jeans mindset just doesn't work today yeah it just i mean you know like even you know if a show like south park can evolve with the times so can you right and i'm not saying that they've fully evolved with the times but for the most part they have um so can you And uh, if you don't, you know, what is it like adapt or die or whatever, evolve or die, like uh, you're going to get left behind. You did not, you did not secure your job in the way that other people in other industries have to, which, you know, it's like if you're in marketing, for example, you've got to make sure you keep up with the news and know about the latest trends and know about the latest social media platforms and things like that to inform your clients about here's the latest and greatest thing that you should know about so that you can stay relevant. That's that's just part of job security. So when you're a host... Mm -hmm for a major network television show that's an institution watched by millions of people every week, it is your responsibility to keep with the times and be relevant for your audience. And if you don't, and you start saying old dude racist shit like PC police, then you don't get to have your job anymore. And that's just, that's just the, the risk you were willing to take by not staying up to date. Yep, that's it. That's exactly it. So nailed it. I don't feel bad for you, forty-nine-year-old Chris Harrison, who refuses. Also, you're to rich as hell. Shut up, Chris Harrison. You have more money than I will ever, ever obtain in my life. I, I, I will never have a fraction of your wealth. Just like count your money or whatever. Do whatever rich people do. Buy real estate. I don't know. Count do your something. money and stay home. Well, like you know, and it's and I think about I, I I'm going to drag talk into this again, but um. But to think about, you know, it's like Tuck's like a couple years younger than Chris Harrison, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he can change his mind and he and he's and he's evolves with the times <laughs> and he and he's not stuck in his ways. And uh, 
no way in hell if I wouldn't be with him if he ever said any dumb bullshit like PC police. So you mm-hmm. bet your ass he's never said anything like that. So um, if he can do it, then you can do it, Chris Harrison. And you just and uh, to quote uh, the quote that Emmanuel Acho said, uh, prejudice is a willful commitment to ignorance. So keep that in your back pocket. And that's how we're going to cap that off. And uh, maybe I'm still trying to make my way through Bachelor Nation. I've been very busy. Uh, But um, maybe between seasons, we could do a special episode. I'll keep you posted on that. And but until then, until we see you next, please stay safe, stay well, take care of each other. We're in the home stretch here. Let's just cross the finish line together. I believe that you can do it. And yeah, don't do needle drugs either. (laughs) Either. Don't do it! I love yelling at our audience.